Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Yeah, so we're just going to talk a little bit about why we're doing this conversation and why uh, we are doing Instagram Live today. And basically, um, I'll start off by Tuesday night, you know, what happened Tuesday night. And um, since Tuesday night, there were a lot of people who've been reaching out to us, reaching out to our teams, our leaders, and asking lots of questions like, what in God's name happened? (laughs) And uh, I just want to tell you nothing to fear, actually the opposite. It should actually fill us with faith, fill us with encouragement that God is supernatural and He is powerful. And... um, and so for those of you who weren't here Tuesday night, yeah. um, man, God showed up in a supernatural way, um, like He always does, but sometimes in a more tangible, uh, visible way. And so normally throughout the year when we have different altar calls or messages that are really centered around repentance or surrender or any type of transformation, yeah. uh, sometimes there is a resistance from the enemy because uh, the enemy doesn't like to lose ground. He doesn't like to lose. He loves having territory and taking yeah, ground in people. Right. Lives, and so this Tuesday, um, I even shared with Anthony and some of our prayer team, some of our pastors, um, that for the last month, but in particularly the last two weeks before Resilient Woman, um, it was extremely clear to me, both in the spiritual, but I actually what I was hearing uh, was bizarre. Um, he really made it clear that there was going to be deliverance. Um, on Tuesday night, lots of freedom. And we're gonna unpack what freedom is, we're gonna unpack what deliverance is, yeah. and we're actually gonna take it to the basics. We're gonna yeah. take it to the beginning where we saw you know, all of that happen and how sin opened the door um, for mankind to be bound by different things. But bear with us, I just wanna lay the groundwork so everyone understands where, why yeah. we're doing this live and where we're coming from. So yeah, as I was preparing and praying and fasting for Resilient Woman, Um, One of the things I said early in my message was if I were to even tell you what I was hearing, some people would be weirded out by it. Mm. And so I literally felt like I was hearing the the resistance of the enemy. Um, I was hearing almost the shouts and the um, basically the temper tantrums of the enemy not wanting to let go of some people. And it was very... Yeah, clear very strong and yeah. to the point where I reached out to our prayer team and I said we need to be ready um, we need to be prayed up we yeah. will have to wage war on the enemy this will be spiritual warfare we are going to be taking down a big demonic spirit which we talked about rebellion I believe rebellion is a strong man it, it is a very strong uh, opposing thing to the Word of God I don't think I believe strongly about it the Bible tells us in first Samuel chapter 15 23 that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft yeah and that stubbornness right. is like uh, worshiping idols and so it is a big deal and so as the Lord was showing me um, for a few weeks before we led up to the night that there was going to be some freedom yeah. um, I had never sensed it to that magnitude and then once we went into the night, um, it really did happen. And so basically, we normally, a lot of people may not even realize when we do altar calls that freedom is happening. Sometimes it's, it's very minor, it's not as visible, it's not as loud. obvious or as loud. Yeah. Um, and I've probably at once, I grew up seeing this. I grew up, our church, my dad's church, um, they were really big on freedom and deliverance. They yeah. were really big on deliverance nights. And so I grew up, and, and I was even talking to Priscilla yesterday, that is, I believe, a part of my spiritual heritage is um, believing for freedom and seeing people set free. And so yeah. um, this actually doesn't freak me out. It actually empowers me to believe for more. It empowers me um, and encourages me like, wow, God's power is so insane. And, 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 and for different people, um, I even love it when young people get to witness it because as they go through their teenage college years, when you've seen the tangible supernatural power of God like that, when the enemy tries to come against you with doubts, when he tries to come against you to say, is this even real? You're like, "Uh, yeah, I saw it with my own eyes. And so it's pretty powerful. Um, And so, 
Yeah, so basically Tuesday night, um, I think I've seen in my life um, maybe two or three at the most at one given time. Uh, we had well over 20 women receiving freedom. It was like popcorn. Pastor Katie was saying it was like one after the other after the other. And um, at, 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 there was a point there I was like, oh my gosh, like I knew we were going to see a lot. I had no idea that we were going to experience and see that level of freedom uh, coming and to that many women. And so basically what happened when I did the altar call, for those of you who were there, I did two different types of responses. The first one is, hey, any of you who wrestle with any type of rebellion, like raise your hands and right. we're going to pray. And so like I want to say a third of the room, if not more, raise their hand. I think we all have that little tendency of like, totally. you know, resisting things and, and so forth. And, and that's not necessarily demonic. It's just a regular wrestle of the yeah, flesh. Then the second one um, was more of a come forward altar call where it was like if you are feeling in this moment the agitation in your spirit, if you are feeling the wrestle like something is holding you back, there's this pull, you feel it, that's called spiritual warfare. There is a war within us in our spirit for good and for bad. There is God's realm and there is Satan's realm. And so there is a fight for your freedom. Now, we fight from freedom. Christ already gave us freedom, but we have to walk that out. There's certain doors we have to close. There's certain sin we have to renounce and repent from. And there's certain things from our lineages, right? Generational stuff um, that likes to follow us that we need to put a stop with. And so um, those people that we called at that second altar call, their step out of their seat, their their step forward was already a sense of surrender. Hey, I recognize this battle. I recognize this sin. I recognize this spiritual oppression. I'm coming forward as a sense of repentance and because I need freedom. That in itself already was a sense of surrender and repentance. So these people are already coming open. So when people already come open and ready to basically give their everything, their every part of them, like the um, just surrender every part of that. It's just easy access then in that moment for the Lord to come and start doing the healing work. And that's when the enemy gets extremely agitated is when you start praying and calling out specific sins. And that's what was happening. Um, as we were praying for people, see, we very much believe that God speaks to his sons and daughters. He speaks to us. Um, we have the spirit of uh, discernment and revelation. It's a prophetic thing. And so as we were praying for people, God was giving some of our pastors, some of our leaders and intercessors insight. Oh, this is a spirit of suicide. This is a a, a deceptive spirit. This is a a spirit of rebellion. And so as we would call out certain things that the Lord was revealing to us, that's when we saw the uh, manifestation of different things happening. That's when you were hearing perhaps shouts of no or, you know, different people were throwing up and, and that isn't to scare us. And that no, that's actually pretty powerful. It's incredible because they cannot resist the name of Jesus. The, the blood of Jesus makes demons flee. Yeah. The Bible talks about casting these demons out, driving them. So it's not necessarily an easy thing. It does require prayer and yeah. fasting, and it does require persistence right. because yeah. it's fighting. And if you remember, the title of my message was Breaking Off Resistance. So there yeah. is this resistance and not wanting yeah. to let go, but prayer warriors, intercessors, those of us who hear of the Lord and are discerning in our spirit, we knew how to get in there and fight with these people for their freedom. And so we're gonna go ahead, and I I had Anthony join me uh, today and um, just share a little bit about where this all comes from in scripture. And um, and again, this is a promise for all of us. And here's the thing I do wanna encourage you. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, if I get freedom, is that gonna happen to me? Like. Here's the thing, the more surrendered you are, the more repentant you are, the more, like that's why I'm such a surrender person, I'm such a repentance person, because man, if you're just constantly going before the Father, Father, I surrender every part to you, my mind, my heart, my soul, my thoughts, um, man, the enemy does not have legal authority over you. And so repentance, surrender, seeking him, uh, living a life like away from sin, surrendering and and leaving a life of sin, that is, key to living in freedom. And we're going yeah. to talk about Galatians 5 in a moment, but we'll just start off with, um, you know, just the beginning, how this all started. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's so important to obviously go to the Word. The Word is our foundation. The Word is um, all Scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scriptures, God breathe, useful for teaching, then rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped. And so we go to the Word. Um, Jesus is the revelation of the Word. So Genesis 1, we are made in the image of God, Adam and Eve, and God breathes upon them the breath of life. They're in the garden. They're hanging out. Uh, there's no time frame here, but I think it's Hebrew uh, more, um, uh, what would you call that? Um, Hebrew, you're not helping me out here with the word here at all. Well, I don't know um, what you're trying to say. Hebrew custom would say it was probably okay. a range of maybe seven years or so. But then the temptation comes, right? And the enemy comes. And what does he do? The first thing, did God really say? Number one, that's the first assignment. And then actually it was um, bringing in doubt. And then it was bringing in lies. So it's first doubt, then lies. And then it's like, you, you won't die. Actually, you'll be more like God. And we know the deal. They ate. And then all of a sudden sin came in and separated them from God. The first thing they did was blame one another. Yep. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. And the old joke goes, the serpent had no legs to stand on. Anyway, but Nick Feed is in the background. He'll love that. That's a dad joke for you. <laughs> Booyah. So the foundation is made the image of God. The foundation is there's a spiritual warfare happening already back in the garden. They lose position yep. in Genesis 3. Genesis 4 is that illuminating text. I feel like I've preached about it a lot. It's Cain, it's Abel, mm -hmm. and it's the first offering of mankind, first worship service of mankind. One has favor, one doesn't. Now God shows up to, to Cain, and what, is, um, what does he say? He says, if you do what is right, he says, will you not be accepted? Then he says, if you do not do what is right, sin, watch it now, sin is crouching at your door. Yeah. It desires to have you. Literally gives sin this personality, this, this essence of evil, that sin is evil. It's trying to take him down. It's literally trying to um, fill his heart with hatred for his own brother. And here's what's interesting. Cain doesn't deal with it, doesn't answer the question. The first murder of the, the history of mankind happens. And then God shows up again and literally has to banish him. And so there you see the, the power of Satan in Genesis 3, the power of sin in Genesis 4. And then that plays itself out um, to the times of Noah and so forth. And then really God calling Abram out of the land of Chaldeans. And he started to say, I'm, I'm going to produce for myself a special people. And those special people are the Israelites. Obviously, Christ comes number of thousand years later, now the door is flung open. This isn't just one group of people. This is every group of people. And he saves us from sin. He saves us from um, the lies. He saves us from the devil. And he forgives us. And he says, I'm going to make you reborn. And so that's really the foundation that from the very beginning, Genesis 1, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, now all the way through the narrative of the Old Testament, New Testament, there is a spiritual battle for truth and for your identity, who is God and who are you? And that is really the, the that's the battle of life. Yeah. Why am I here? Did God make me? Does he love me? Is he good? And so the enemy of our souls wants to distort all around yeah. those areas. Yeah, and so the tactics of the enemy, so many people say, oh, new things. Like, no, the devil is an old dog, no new tricks. And so from the very beginning, his number one job is to twist truth. His number one job has been to show up in a different form yeah. to deceive us. Yeah. And so um, even with you know witch, witchcraft or even different things that we submit our eyes to, like what we watch, what we listen to, he comes in, like he doesn't come in in on a red suit with a pitchfork because no. we're like, oh, that's the devil, obviously. Yeah. No, he comes in, the Bible tells us, dressed like an angel of light yeah. to confuse us, yeah. to deceive us. Smiling, and so smiling, good. yeah, like, oh, and, and he always, his thing is, did he really say? Yeah. Yeah. Did God really say this? And so um, there's two different levels to switching gears a little bit. Um, so just to reemphasize what I was just saying, the enemy has no new tricks. He's always trying to deceive and he's always trying yeah. to you know, basically catch you in a web of yeah. sin because once you can get stuck into this web, that's where he likes to wreak havoc. He yeah. likes to keep you bound. 
Um, and so let's just talk a little bit about what that looks like. What kind of sin or what kind of things entangle us? What kind of things keep us bound? And I would say there's two different paths here. There's two different um, levels here or two different directions. Like one I would say is deliberate sin, which is things like, um, and we can even read it in Galatians chapter five, what are the works of the flesh, right? It's, um, it says here, the works of the flesh are, where are you, where are you? Uh, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And so these are just some examples of the things that if we open the door to it, witchcraft. So we talked about witchcraft a lot on Tuesday night. You know, we, we, we broke open Deuteronomy and talked about all the different things, right? Which is, you know, speaking to mediums, it's tarot cards, it's Ouija boards, yeah. it's all that different stuff yeah, that yeah. palm reading, yeah. psychics, all that stuff. That is witchcraft, that is sorcery, and that we need to, that is literally the, the devil's playground, right? That is his realm, that's his arena to yeah. try to counterfeit God's power. Because here's the thing, the world is looking for something that is real. The, yeah. the world is looking for power. They're constantly going to things to satisfy them, drugs, alcohol, sex, power. And people, since the beginning, when mankind fell, yeah. they were always looking for things to fulfill them. And so the only person that can truly fulfill us is God, is yeah. Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. And so the enemy's constantly trying to counterfeit his power, counterfeit his glory by giving all these other things and dressing them up as yeah innocent and so what happens is we get deceived we get tricked into these things we're like oh it has power it must be good yeah oh this type of exercise makes me feel so at peace it, it feels good so let me keep doing it because how can it be bad if it makes me feel good all of this is the typical thing that satan from the very beginning yeah. did to twist god's truth yeah. and confuse god's people and so we have that type of thing the, the things that we willfully fall into or not even that we willfully fall into. Sometimes we don't even know it's a sin. We don't even know that there is, um, you know, uh, things attached to it that we're literally giving the enemy legal ground to come and wreak havoc. And so when you finally do know yeah. that it's a sin, our job is to a repent, which is turn away from it, change your mind on it. Okay, I thought this way. I no longer think this way. Yeah. I now submit to God's word. So yeah. I'm turning my back on this sin and I'm walking away. And yeah. then you basically start living out God's truth. But the other area, so we're talking about deliberate sins, right? The obvious, the external sins, right? Sex outside of marriage, adultery, pornography, all those kind of things. But I also want to talk about the, the, the things that bind our soul and our mind, which is unforgiveness, which is bitterness, yeah. which is jealousy, yeah. right? It's any agreements we've made with the enemy, yeah. um, any agreements that we've made that are not what God says about us. You know, I've, I've made plenty of agreements. And here's the thing, like you could be a leader, you could be a pastor and not realizing that you're making an agreement with the enemy. That's like right. when you say, I'm not enough, when you say my life's not worth living, when yeah. you say God will never bless me, God will never change yeah. me. All, you're making an agreement yeah. with the the enemy yeah. and we cannot align ourselves yeah. to the enemy and what he says we need to align ourselves with what God says about us yeah. and so there are two different realms right the, the being bound in our mind yeah. and in our spirit by what the enemy says and what we've agreed with him on but then also by the things of the flesh right yeah. the, the tangible the yeah. the outward things like the tarot cards and the practicing of things and all that stuff so two different things that yeah. the enemy likes likes to um, basically reside or, or have uh, legal grounds over. Yeah. Um, Let me talk about agreements for a second. Yeah. So 1 Samuel 11, I preached about this probably two months ago in our church. It was Nahash looked to make an agreement with the men of the town, and uh, but he wanted their right eye. What Miriam is really saying is when you make agreements with serpents, what they actually take away is your strength. They take away your vision. They take away your clarity. And the men of the town were going to make an agreement with him. And they're crying they're like things are bad. What happens? The Spirit of God comes upon Saul and Saul's angry. Yeah. What's interesting, you're like, ah, anger is not of God. Sometimes you're going to get angry enough that oh, I'm stuck, I'm in a mess, and then I will get serious about some things. And so when you make 
agreements. We've got to break the power of agreements. We've yeah. got to agree with God, and then you keep agreeing with God and keep agreeing with God. And then eventually what he does is he, he forms you and fashions you so that you are becoming who you're meant to become. So agreements are absolutely powerful. Yeah. So let's unpack a little bit about freedom and deliverance. And so we recognize, like me and Anthony have been Christians like forever yeah. now. And so it's so easy as Christians, we can say things like, oh, deliverance, or oh, they manifested, yeah. or oh, freedom. And there's new people, and we had lots of new people on Tuesday night, yeah. who are like, what the heck are these people talking about? And yeah. so and for that, it's so easy. And as Christians, we can be so guilty of talking as if everyone understands our language. And so we want to break it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, what is freedom? And what is deliverance? Mm -hmm. and, and why should it be normal among us? Why should we see, I'm not saying we need to see the 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 loud expressions yeah. and manifestations of that, you know. Um, in some cases, when we're um, talking about uh, very deep things like the occult, a lot of stuff that we were dealing with loudly on Tuesday were people who were heavily involved in the occult, people yeah. who had maybe a spirit of death um, really coming over them, and, and just different things that have. Almost like there's, there's even though before God all sin, you know, is leveled at the cross, there are certain consequences yeah, to certain right. sin yeah. um, that have a, a greater hold, right? Yeah. But everything has to bow down to the name of Jesus and everything has to bow down to the blood of Jesus. Yeah. But the person has to actually repent yeah. and surrender from it. Yeah. They actually have to be like, I repent from this sin or else we can waste our time. Yeah. I, I, there's multiple people that we've prayed for, um, maybe not multiple, maybe a couple of people that through the years we prayed for and we're like, okay, like Jesus said, go and sin no more. Don't reopen this door. Don't, yeah. don't reopen this door of sin because the enemy wants to come back and actually take residence yeah. again. And people have gone after they got freedom they went yeah. and fell into sin again yeah. and not that you're going to be perfect you know but have accountability do walk towards freedom do create massive um you know um protect yourself from things that you tend to fall into yeah. so that you don't open the door to the enemy again yeah. um, so let's talk about then a little bit of what it is, what is deliverance and what is freedom? And I'll start off with saying there's two realms and I've said this on, on Tuesday, I've said it multiple times and I think I even said it now. There's God's realm and there's Satan's realm. There's yeah. no gray realm. Yeah. It's God's realm and Satan's realm, okay? Doesn't mean there isn't things that happen yeah. in the flesh like eating pizza. Is that God's realm or the devil's realm? It's just eating pizza. <laughs> I think it's the Lord's realm. <laughs> I agree, yeah. I, I think pizza is God's realm. Yes. Um, but, Basically saying when it comes to the supernatural, when it comes to the spiritual realm, there is two spirits that oppose each other yeah, all the time. Kingdoms, there's two yeah. kingdoms, exactly. That's yeah. the right way to say it. There's two kingdoms that are at war with each other. Yeah. They're, but let me ask you this because yeah. this is often what people, I've heard this for years. <clears throat> um, Christians will say, can a Christian be possessed or oppressed? Yeah. And so I think you're kind of delving into that stuff. That's yeah. why some Christians get so concerned. Yeah, they get They're scared. like, ah, yeah. there was a demon manifestation. How can that be? Because yeah. I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's break that down because that's a common yeah. question. It's a really good question. Right? Possession means mind, soul, and spirit. Like all. When Jesus goes to the man who's crazy, he literally has thousands of demons. The person that is possessed would be literally today in a psych ward somewhere on massive drugs, locked up somewhere because no one knew how to deal with him. And Jesus shows up, sets the man free, and then that man actually is free from that day, goes home, basically fixes his home. That was a possession moment, right? They, those are actually far more rare um, for a believer whose spirit has been born again, there is no possession, there is oppression. What's an oppression? Oppression has various levels. Oppression can be, man, why am I anxious all the time? And that can be almost a form of oppression. Why do I not like my life? Um, why am I, man, that person wronged me. I don't forgive them. Now, years later, I don't like people. I hate the church. I'm actually inviting oppressions yeah. into my soul, into my world. And I think sometimes the best way to view it is that your life is like a house, right? If my life is like a house, I've invited Christ into the front door. He steps in and begins to bring freedom. 
but he doesn't want to just stay in the first floor in the kitchen area. He's like, hey, can I come up into the bedroom? Can I come up into the attic? Can I come up into the basement? And a lot of Christians go, no, 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 leave the basement alone. Lots of stuff down there you don't want to see. He wants to come in and bring order and freedom into those areas of the basement and the attic. But if you don't let him in there, you'll actually find there's dirtiness, there's mold, there's disorder, there's things that do not align whatsoever to his kingdom. And so when God comes along, he saves someone, forgiven someone. They're on a journey for, say, a year or so of walking discipleship. He'll put his finger on something and say, hey, you love money more than me. And actually, as they start giving and tithing and, and being generous, they actually get set free from it. Yeah. What's interesting is if they don't, a year, two years, three years later, they say, no, Jesus, you can't touch my stuff, can't touch my money. Mm. I believe lies. Well, actually, you actually become bound in the soul in yeah. those areas. You believe that um, you just generally believe lies. Yeah. And I'll point to a passage of scripture here. This is um, just, again, to lay a foundation of a Christian with spiritual um, problems. I'm going to call it that is the best way to describe Acts chapter 8, Philip, uh, the evangelist is preaching in Samaria. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are actually getting delivered. He's praying for Christians who've received Christ to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They receive the baptism of the Spirit. They are uh, speaking in other tongues. They're prophesying and so forth. Now, Philip is a, sorry, um, Simon is a sorcerer. Simon actually, the Bible says, comes to Christ gets baptized. So he's a Christian, gets baptized, and then he sees uh, Philip laying hands on people, the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon people, and he says to them, hey, I want that power too. And he basically tries to give them money. Yeah. So he's got everything by manipulation, everything by um, being quite a powerful person. He was known in Acts 8 as a very influential, powerful person. So he's used to operating in manipulation and power. He sees these guys have kingdom power. Yeah. He comes up to them, says, I want that power. And uh, Peter was not so kind to him. Actually, I think it's, uh, sorry, Philip was not so kind to him. He says to him in Acts eight twenty two, he says, I see your heart's not right before God. And he says, I need you to repent of this wickedness. And verse 23 is the illuminating text. Now, remember, he's a Christian. He's baptized. Two things, declare Christ baptized. Okay. Then he says in verse 23, For I see that you are full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. You're like, how's that possible? I'm a Christian. Why? Because his spirit has been reborn, but there's so many other soulish things that have not been surrendered yet. And yeah. basically, uh, the apostles command him, sorry, uh, Philip commands him to change, yeah. to repent. And so whether he does or not, we don't hear the story, but here's what we know. We know as a Christian, we know as baptized, but we know he was full of bitter jealousy, which will always um, leave room for oppressions. And he was actually held captive by sin. That's the scriptures and the foundations of that. Yeah. And the thing too, switching gears even a little bit too. We saw this in Jesus's ministry. He Mm -hmm. drove out demons. He casted out demons, you know, even to some, he said, uh, when his apostles tried to do it to some uh, else, someone else that was possessed by a demon or oppressed by a demon and they couldn't do it. Jesus said, this comes out with prayer and fasting. So um, it's not just, I don't know how to explain it, but there is a level of authority when it comes to it, you know? And so all of this to say, when God show up, shows up in power like he did on Tuesday night, yeah. I so many questions came out because, first of all, people never saw it to that level. Second of all, um, people were afraid. Like One of the questions that were asked is like, oh my gosh, as those demons were fleeing, um, can that demon come in me? And so yeah. these were all questions. And I was like, wow, when I was told some of these questions, I was like, man, we really need to teach people yeah. what this is. And yeah. so, man, the, did you want so to let, Yeah, let's dive into that for a second. Yeah. Um, whenever God moves, the devil tries to distort it. Yeah. And so he wants to distort it and he wants people afraid. That's the yeah. first thing. So we are people of faith. We yes. believe in Jesus. We, we preach faith. We stir faith. 
Faith is the thing that opens the heavens. It's the thing that opens prayer with God. So stay away from fear, finally. Yes. Whenever, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. No, no, no. Stay in fear. Stay close to Christ. Stay in faith. Sorry, stay in faith, <laughs> not in fear. That was demonic. Um, and so let's go to the foundation, though. We've gone, hit the foundation of Genesis 1, Genesis 3, Genesis 4. We've hit Gen, um, Acts 8. That's kind of foundational in Scripture. Let's go to the foundation of how do people talk to Jesus, spend time with God, and get free in the process of life. And to me, that is Matthew 6. It is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is, I think, the most undervalued prayer I think in Christian life, because I think because of uh, religion and formula, we've said things, but we haven't realized the power of it. So to help people say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, worship. So whenever you're scared, what do you do? Worship. Whenever you're afraid, worship. Whenever you feel like faith and love are shrinking, worship. You're going to spend time in the presence of your Father. Then thy kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done. The next level is surrender. So how do you stay away from oppressions and all kinds of nonsense? Surrender, right? So we're, we're surrendering to God. When we surrender to God, His life, His power, His peace can touch us. When we stay unsurrendered, yep. then the enemy of our soul can hit us, bind us, lie to us, trick us, all that kind of stuff. That's why worship, praise and worship is so important. A lifestyle of prayer is so important. Prayer leads you to surrender, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah, I want to just give you, as he was talking about worship and prayer and surrender, I actually want to share with you a dream. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Pastor Katie wouldn't mind me sharing this, but mm. um, on prayer and on worship. So this is right before Resilient Woman. Pastor Katie shared with me a dream and she just thought it was a pizza dream. And, and so those of you who are new to me and, and to how the Lord operates in different ways in my life. Like I've had multiple dreams uh, from the age of 15 that were of prophetic nature. And so um, now because I'm, you know, I've gotten used to them, the Lord's taught me a lot of interpretation and seeking him. And so anyway, she was sharing yeah. um, this dream she had, and this yeah. is before Resilient Woman. And it was interesting because one of the spirits that we were dealing with at Resilient Woman was a spirit of suicide. It was a, a, a spirit of death, a, a giant of death. And so, wow. um, so it was funny because in the dream, she went to go to someone's house yeah. that was laying on a bed because they attempted suicide but when she came in there was a dog that was chained up and it was like barking at her barking at her and mm. she was almost like wait can I can I go to the person can I go to the girl to pray for her and then Pastor Magno our worship pastor jumps in and starts taunting the enemy and just you know basically just yelling at this dog and 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 was just taunting this dog and mocking this dog and like in a sense getting it away from Pastor Katie so she she could go and pray and when she told me this dream I said Katie this is spiritual like worship and so like worship and prayer is our weapon so yeah. even on Tuesday night if you those of you who stayed till midnight because that's how long you were there our worship team stayed till 11 45 yeah. just leading in worship and there was moments as we were praying we would pause and let the worship minister because worship right. is a weapon yeah. our melody is a weapon yeah. we see it in scripture when Saul was being oppressed by his spirit yeah. he would call on David David would play the harp he would play yeah. worship and that spirit would flee yeah. and so that's why worship is so important and so when yeah. Katie when we, we were talking about the dream I'm like no worship remember worship when yeah. we're dealing with the spirit when we're dealing with an oppressive thing worship 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 and yeah. so after that night we spoke about it yesterday Wednesday I think it was with our staff yeah. or maybe I don't remember when I you know don't remember but <laughs> um, we were like oh my goodness that yeah. encouraged me my dream this is Pastor Katie saying yesterday my dream encouraged me that yeah. I didn't have to strive in prayer I yeah. could let the worship of the house on Tuesday night minister along with us the inter accessory yeah. team and so that is so important to worship and pray yeah. as you seek God because there is power in yeah. worship there is power in the presence yeah. of God and when you when you worship you see God clearer yes when you see God clearer his love his wisdom his holiness yes then surrender is way easier right if someone hasn't worshiped in a long time surrenders yep. hard that's why we worship regularly. Father, hallowed be your name. Yes. Strength of my house. We worship you. And then when you see the strength of 
him and his nature and his character, then surrender is kind of more natural now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then if you go to, again, the foundation of prayer, then I'm going to pray, God, give us today. I'm not just praying for me. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for our kids' ministry, youth ministry, transform groups. I'm praying for pastors I know, leaders I know, praying for the government. Give us today our daily bread. Give us everything we need today, emotionally, physically, financially, all the stuff we desperately need. One of the prayers I've been praying a lot for recently is wisdom, unusual wisdom I've actually been praying. God, I pray for unusual wisdom over us. I pray for abounding love for our team and our pastors and our church. And I pray for the power of God. I've actually been praying that a lot um, recently. Then forgive us. This is the next section. Again, again, you want to walk through the section by section. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And 1 John 1, 9 is so clear on this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all what unrighteousness. So we bring to God, as Miriam was saying, I've confessed Jesus as Lord, but then in my walk with God, like Simon the sorcerer, he'd confessed Jesus as Lord. He needed to actually confess his own bitter jealousy. He needed to say, man, I've manipulated. I've controlled people with my money, with my power. I've been hungry for power and thirsty. Man, I didn't realize that was such a, a... an evil thing that I've controlled people with, I need to bring that to the Father, allow Him to cleanse me. And then if I don't get set free of that in prayer, James 5 gives us the next solution. That's the key. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you might be what healed. So there's the the prayer to God, forgive me. If I don't get set free in private prayer or corporate prayer, I actually go to people and confess my sins and faults to people. And, and actually, having, we've often found sometimes with dreams, sometimes in hearing God's voice, and then just in personal relationships, sometimes when you just expose it to people, you get insight on it yeah. and you change because you've brought this thing from the darkness to the light, yeah. saying this thing is not to hold me anymore, this private sin. You know, I like to joke, I'm sorry, mama, I never meant to hurt you, but tonight, what? I'm cleaning out the closet. So important to bring the thing from the closet out to the light of heaven. And that's basically what happened on Tuesday night, right? When the Lord gave us the word um, that we were to go yeah. after rebellion, uh, we were exposing something. Because who wants to like go and tell people, yeah, I struggle with rebellion. I mean, like, yeah. who, wa- like who wants to go around and, and share that stuff, I right? Do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but what was happening is the 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 lie and the. Um, the work and the whatever of rebellion was exposed. It was literally brought to life. And there's nothing then that the enemy can do at that point. And so that's why it's fighting. That's why what Mm. I was hearing in my spirit for the past month or the past two weeks, it was a resistance. He did not want to be exposed. He didn't want to let go of these women. He did. He wanted to allow them to think that was just their personality, that, 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 anger that no one tells me what to do i do what i want i will i can exercise whatever i want to exercise i can do whatever i want to do and but the holy spirit trying to say no 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 no, no. say no to that walk away from that but there's this inside of you this resistance so when that was exposed which is why i believe we saw so much deliverance is because all those people who came forward basically were saying i don't want this anymore to rule over me i want to surrender this i don't want this to have power over me anymore and it was immediately an open door and the enemy was pissed off he was like no i don't want to let go and that's why we saw the war right we saw the spiritual warfare in action tangibly in front of us um and i think it's a powerful thing like it's a beautiful thing to see the power of god because he always wins but here's the thing you have to come surrendered you have to come with repentance you know and so because jesus says in john 8 he says if you hold if you hold to my my, teachings, mm -hmm. right? If you hold to my teachings, then you're my disciples, then you'll know the truth, then the truth will set you free. It is a process of holding, it's not a confession. It's not a magic wand actually, it's a walking with a person over time that actually sets us free um, over time, yeah. Yeah. So some of you, 
may be listening and thinking, holy crap, like what if that happens to me? What if there's areas in my soul that I didn't realize I needed yeah. to still surrender or generational things or whatever? And yeah. you might be like, oh my gosh, if I come to the altar, yeah. is that going to happen to me? Am I going to, you know, manifest the way these people were manifesting? And there's this fear attached. And, and I can't even tell you how many messages I got after Resilient Woman of women who said, I, I'm not, I, I've lost count how many women messaged me saying, I needed to come forward. I felt the resistance, but something held me back. Yeah. I should have come. Yeah. I left. Now I don't know what to do. Like yeah. so many women felt yeah. that they needed to go to the altar, but fear yeah. held them back yeah. and the resistance, right? The enemy yeah. held them back. Yeah. And so now they're like, oh no. And then the lie is like, oh, well, now you can't have your freedom. That's a lie. Don't yeah. align yourself to that lie. Yeah. If you're on this call, if you listen to this podcast yeah. later, when you come to the house of God, even yeah. in worship, look, here's the thing about worship. It is not the precursor to the preaching. Yeah. Worship is not the warm up for the people who come late to come <laughs> to the message. Like yeah, people think like, oh, we got time. The worship is 30 minutes. We can come late. No, there is freedom in worship. Now we don't worship for freedom, we worship because God is holy, right. but in his holiness, we get the fruit of what it means yeah. to enter into his presence, yeah. you know? When we come into his presence, we don't <clears throat> come to to worship the worship, right? Too many people worship the create the what's created, which is worship, but we're not yeah. to worship worship. We aren't to come to worship because we want freedom. We come to worship to seek God and to bring him what is due to him, which is glory and honor yeah. and, and all these things. But God is so good, so faithful, so loving that the, the fruit of worship is freedom. The That's fruit right. of worship is yeah. his peace. The fruit of worship is his joy. Yeah. So do not treat worship as the I have time because worship is still going. Pastor Magno is still saying awkward things up there and, and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> worship true. is there to prepare us to meet God, to yeah. worship Him, and to have a heart that is surrendered. So in worship, I know without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. in worship, people get set free each week. I guarantee you there's Sundays that I'm being set free without even realizing I'm yeah. being set free. Yeah. Set free of maybe aligning my a thought like, oh, I'm not enough, or I'm this, or I'm that. Yeah. Those are thoughts that are from the enemy. Worship aligns us back in fixing our eyes on Jesus, and suddenly, you don't yeah. even realize you're being set free. Freedom is, does not have to be this loud show, does not have to be a spectacle no. yeah. at all. You can literally just be, and all of a sudden God is freeing you in that moment. Yeah. So do not fear it, yeah. okay, do not fear it. In some cases, people who have done the occult and have dabbled into yeah. um, the realm of Satan, yeah. right, in, in Satan's playground, people, we've prayed for people who have um, actually, uh, what do you call it, when you, uh, um, Satan worship, what do you call that? When you've given your life to Satan. People have literally yeah. done um, done agreements and, and covenants with Satan where they're like, okay, now I'm a child of Satan. Yeah. We've prayed for people with that. Um, we've prayed for people who have dabbled in witchcraft and sorcery and all that stuff. And, yeah. and that process, it's I'm not process. gonna lie, it's a process, yeah. you know? And, and I will say freedom is a journey. Yeah. Freedom is a journey. Yeah. And so you I'll, gotta be patient with yeah, it too. Yeah, I'll say this, when it comes to freedom, I never thought about this before. When Jesus meets with Peter, Peter has denied him at the end of the Gospels, John 21. Jesus asks him a question, do you love me? He's like, Lord, you know I love you. It was actually a freedom conversation. Mm -hmm. It was actually setting Peter free from the mistakes and failures and shames of the past. And now he was now really changing the trajectory now of his life into the purpose he had for him. He knows he's going to preach on the day of Pentecost. And so there's... Jesus' simple conversation in his word is setting him free to serve him. So freedom is in essence a, a process from getting set free of your past, sometimes successes, but failures and moving into God's purpose for your life. Yes. As you confess, yes, I love you. Yes, I believe you're true. Yes, I believe you're the resurrected savior. So that's actually a freedom moment for yes. Peter yes. that I never thought about. Oh, I should preach about that one time. There you I think go. That'll be good. Look, we're helping him, giving him yeah. ideas for preaching. Sermon <laughs> ideas, a popping. Oh my gosh, so much more. We are going to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, because I believe there's a lot of things pertaining to freedom yeah. that people don't realize. Um, I think the greatest thing to share here is 
man, don't be afraid. Actually, be excited. Holy cow, be excited. God is moving. The enemy is being exposed. And in this hour of confusion and of deception, how important is it to expose the work of the enemy? And too many Christians are just like, I don't know, man, just taking residence in this lukewarm kind of thing. No shame, no judgment. But there's a real war. And, And a lot of times when we're apathetic in our faith and in our spirit, you're exactly where Satan wants you to be. That's not to scare you. That's not to shame you, but it's to say, wake up. And I pray that Tuesday night was a wake up call for people to basically see like, whoa, there is a real battle for me. There's a battle, but greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. You know, God is great. And I don't mean that in the sense of the way we use the word great. Oh, my day was great. No, he is great. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. He is He is God. He, he is the ultimate one. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He's the restorer of all things. He makes all things new. And yeah. so this is to encourage you. This yeah. is to strengthen you. Yes, freedom is for us all. Yeah. Yes, for some people there might be these external manifestations. Yeah. But that just should just be an encouragement to us that yeah. He is at work. His power is real. Yeah. And yeah. so never and fear. I'd point people to this. Hey, this week, um, spend time in worship, spend time in the Word, spend time in Matthew 6, how to pray the Lord's Prayer. We didn't get to the end of it, it, which is important. Just this last shout out to the last section, which is the ignored section. Um, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That means lies, deception, um, all kinds of things that will hinder people. And then he ends with worship. Again, the focus is never the enemy. The focus is Jesus. And so prayer should lead us to Jesus through the process of freedom. And then the more we'll worship, the more we'll obey, the more we'll surrender, the more we'll pray for other people. We actually get our process of freedom and then start to become his agents in the world. And I'd point people to the book of Ephesians, I think the masterpiece, the smaller version of the book of Romans from the Apostle Paul. Read through that this week, spend time in it, spend time worshiping, get around other Christians, um, be a blessing to your family, love people, stay away from fear, keep away from fear. When you feel fear, worship, praise. It's not him. Yeah. Fear is never him. I'm going to say two other quick things that are really important. So stay on for another minute. Um, don't be obsessed with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. There's Worship some Christians Jesus. who are like, ooh, they see the deliverance, like, oh, now the devil, devil. And all your focus now is the devil. The devil. No, no, no. That's another way yeah. for him to deceive you and distract you, gets you hyper focused on the demonic, hyper focused yeah. on the devil, that you take your eyes off of Jesus. Yeah. Always keep your eyes on Jesus. Always fix your eyes on Jesus. Always yeah. talk about Jesus. Always profess the things of Jesus. Yeah. Talk more about Jesus. There are some Christians that I grew up with, they talked more about the devil than about Jesus. And I, yeah. the devil loves. He loves it. He loves to be the center of attention. He loves to be the popular kid, but we can't make him the popular kid, okay? So please focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The devil is a liar. The devil is weak. He has power, but the power of the Holy Spirit can just trample that. So don't be afraid. And the second thing, for all the people who did receive deliverance on um, Tuesday night, there were a lot of you. And already I got some messages like, help, like, what do I do? This is how I'm feeling today. And and so I'm going to reiterate what I said on Tuesday night. When you go through deliverance, when you go through a freedom session, I like to call them freedom sessions. It is imperative that for the next span of your life, I was going to say for the next few days, but forever, (laughs) you just got to stay in the word. You have to know more about what the word says about you than what your flesh says about you. You have to know more what the word says about you than what the enemy tries to deceive you about. So it is imperative. So if you're, if you've dealt with depression, if you dealt with maybe a spirit of death, if you dealt with um, witchcraft, all that kind of stuff, get in the word and start confessing, memorize. There was a season when I was in college and I was just, 
bombarded with so much stuff. And I remember the Holy Spirit, it was like anxious, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, doubt, self-worth doubt, all that kind of stuff. And so I grabbed index cards on my car, on my fridge, in my dorm, like right above my bunk bed. I had all these scriptures of what God said about me and the truth of God's word. And I let that be my food. Now, obviously I ate food, but I mean, that was my spiritual food. That is what I feasted on. Because what happens is you wind up feasting on the lies of the enemy. That pillow talk I talked about on Sunday, that is where the enemy loves Mm. to take ground. It's in your mind because if he can get you to agree and align with him, then he can create a, a, a barrier there. It can become a stronghold there. So it is imperative. If you struggle with suicidal thoughts, you've yeah. got to read scriptures. Psalm 91, you've got to read scriptures about, man, He life, life-giving scriptures. He, he's the yeah. author of life. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So meditate on those scriptures. Yeah. Worship is vital. Yeah. So Worship is vital. Even for me, like over the last couple of days, coming out of Tuesday night, I, I've just like, the kids like to listen to different things at different times. I'm like, we're listening to worship. I just don't even want to give, I just want my atmosphere to be worship. That's it. Worship, yeah. worship, worship. Because even for us people who are on the intercessory team, the last two days, it, it's, a, it's a battle. It, it is a battle. It's draining. It's, yeah. draining. it's, a, it's physically draining. All that stuff. So to reiterate the two things I just said, don't be obsessed with the devil. That's another way for him to deceive you. He might not get you intangible sin, but he might get you just thinking about him. Don't do it. He's, yep. He doesn't. He's not worthy of your attention. Yeah, think on the good, the think lovely. Philippians four eight. Yeah. Think on good. Think on God. Fix your eyes on Him. Hebrews chapter twelve verses one and two. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the Author and the Perfecter yeah. of our faith. And number two, yes, fill up with the Word of God and worship. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do think we will um, at some point in the next couple of weeks. For all the different people who received freedom, I would love to do an in-person just hour during a service where they come in and maybe any questions or any things like that. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think we, uh, one of our prayer team leaders said, I think we saw 25 to 30 women delivered like in a manifesting kind of way on Tuesday. And so I know with that, there may be... um, you know, some questions. Oh, yes, I just saw Joe wrote something here. Pray in the Spirit, yes. Uh, For people who um, pray in the Spirit, people who've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Joe. That is huge. Pray in the Spirit. And that's another conversation for another day. We can break into that later. Um, But, yes, pray in the Spirit. It is so essential. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf and knows how to pray when we don't know how to pray. yeah. But I think that's it. Um, I know there's probably a lot of questions too. So what we can do, if you have questions from this live, um, go ahead and email connect at churchalive.tv. Yeah. Connect at churchalive.tv. And our next time that we come and do a live, whether it's next week or we do the podcast, we can actually take some of these questions and answer them. Yeah. Um, man, I hope this was um, a blessing to you. Yeah. Uh, we kind of just got together a few minutes before and we're like, yeah. okay, this is what I think we should Knee share. And so it's a bit off the cuff. So if we were a little bit like, eh, you know, we love you. But anyway, guys, <laughs> love you so much. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. I pray that this blessed you and we'll see you soon. Bye. See you next time. Love you guys. Praying for you.